All right, I got to use the restroom. I'll be right back. Yeah, you good. I suppose I should probably do something in this silence because last time it got left in. So, yeah. Yep. Doing the things. Just so you know, I can hear yeah. everything you say when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, I thought about that. <laughs> My bathroom I thought is about like three that. steps away from where I yeah, record. I, I, honestly, right before, when you came back and you said, you know, it was like, fuck. Because <laughs> six feet away. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not, I was just, like, when I went to the bathroom, I was like, I wonder if he's going to say some shit. And then I was just sitting there yeah. and then you started saying some shit. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, it's... The only reason I started saying anything in general is because of that time that there was that awkward silence left in. Oh, yeah. So now I feel like I am just obligated for show... <laughs> For for show to constantly like never have any dead air. <laughs> it's the number one rule of show business. You never have any dead air. I like the voice. Never have any dead air. Oh man. Time to get your fix. <laughs> Hello, my name is Zach Ryan with Old Man Gaming, and you have chosen, for whatever reason, to tune into a horrible game podcast. With me, as always, is Neil, aka a Tiny Wizard. All right, guys. So we've got a good show for you today. Um, but before we get into that, a couple of disclaimers and some credits, as usual. Uh, first of all, the first disclaimer is the fact that I am battling a cold, uh, so you're going to be hearing my voice rather strange. You might hear some uh, drainage. I apologize. The horrible's in the title. Uh, credits before we get into this. Uh, number one, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've noticed some fancy original graphics. Those were provided by Mark Bell. We thank him for that. Number two... Uh, the theme song for this and all of our shows here on Old Man Gaming is done by my brother, Nick Van Sliders, the man who makes the music. We thank him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to our first and possibly most important and favorite topic and segment. And that would be fan interaction. That's where we talk to you guys, the fans. We read the comments that you post on the the previous episode as well as in discord and facebook and wherever you talk to us um and we try and talk just open a dialogue with you guys we also use your comments to decide the horrible arena winner um sometimes we ask you questions sometimes we don't um so yeah uh here we go fan interaction let's get into it not a ton of comments this week which is totally fine uh, but we've got uh, Kev Too Tall on the, on the topic of reviews. Old school EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly for the, uh, f- for the um, young. For the, yeah, for the young. <laughs> Had the reviews done by people who liked the genre the game was in. Uh, yeah, that was something we discussed. Uh, we, we really went back and forth over the, the reviews and how it was. Um, 
yeah, uh, they they did. There was also a couple of magazines that had uh, multiple review tiers as well. Like uh, I remember GamePro used to do a second opinion as well. I don't know if you remember that, if that was GamePro or Game Informer or something. Uh, I I know Game Informer did it. I think GamePro might have two. I can't remember. But yeah, they did do a second opinion on yeah, a lot I, of them. I think just like, you know, I've said it before. I, I don't think scored-based review systems for games work. I just think it's too complex of a of a, of a a thing to review to have just a numbered system. Um, but if you're going to, I think as many checks and balances as humanly possible would help. Uh, but I don't want to get in the weeds on the review discussion again. Um, so moving on, the rest of it is all about the horrible arena. So Kev Tutal said, I listened back three times. I almost didn't vote. Neil's pitch finally caught on enough. You both really pitched story. Zach had character creation, but you both really missed a chance to improve the gameplay which is what I was really expecting. Kev, here's my problem with this. I don't have a problem with the gameplay. Like when it was, all of them were good in their own way. If they chose any one of the three systems, I would be happy. And Andromeda, anybody out there can be, can have a problem with Andromeda's story. They can have a problem with the bugs. But the actual gameplay of that game, the moment-to-moment combat was perfect in my opinion i wouldn't have chosen another way to play it so i didn't want to mess with the gameplay i don't know how do you feel about it neil um i don't know uh andromeda i wasn't a big fan uh of i mean the gameplay itself was not bad at all but i the amount of different systems and layers and understanding and connecting all of those different things like there was there was too much going on with Andromeda, I think. Um, but uh, I I still of all of them, I like the system for two. But that's when it really kind of stepped away from the RPG yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Um, and then it it kind of spun off into I I almost think that you could consider it its own game genre. That one at yeah. that point. Or not its own genre, but you know it would be a shooter at that point and not uh, an RPG. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel the need to pitch gameplay on that one. But you know, fair point, Kev. Uh, nonetheless, he did pick yours, Project Soul, which brings me to our next vote, which was Kayla. She said, "Zach, you could have got gotten backing for an Andromeda game just by saying Andromeda, but good." Uh, but this week was hard because I liked both pitches, but Neil's game gets my vote this week because I like a good prequel. To which I responded, I know I'm weird, but I actually thought Andromeda was good. I think I might be in the minority out there, but I actually really liked Andromeda. I, I wouldn't have changed it. The The only thing I would have done with it is given them more time to polish so that we didn't have as many bugs when it released, and I also would have added more races, like... Yeah, that was a huge thing. You yeah. go to a brand new brand new galaxy and there's one single new race. Two. Two because the There's Kel. two? Yeah, the Kel, there was the bad race, the Kel, and then there was oh, the Oh yeah, that's the good right. Race. I mean, that's how much that's how much that game left a mark on me. Right. I mean, I played maybe 3 hours of it and I was like, "Yep, I think I'm done now." Well, and that's fair. I, I don't knock anybody for having a problem with it. I'm not going to defend it. But at the same time, like, for me, I played that game 
a ton. I, I put almost a hundred hours into it. I played it through twice. <laughs> I oh, absolutely, wow. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved the gameplay. I liked the loop. I loved the, 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 the going to a planet and just, you know, exploring the planet and then building up your base from there. Uh, like I said, my only real complaint was obviously the bugs, but, uh, was the fact that like all the races in the game were races that you, you got back in, in the original galaxy. Like you had this opportunity to put all these new races in and we're still just collecting, uh, (laughs) you know, Torians and, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, I you are in luck. It sounds like because uh, to go back to our conversation a couple weeks ago about uh, the announcement of what they've got in the pipe uh, coming yeah. down to us. Apparently, that new game, from what it sounds like, is going to be a sequel to Andromeda. Really? Yeah. That's that's the big rumor floating around because of stuff that's been unveiled in the. Uh, in the art because they have since unveiled a little bit more art concept art for what they're doing. So it sounds like it could be a sequel for Andromeda, which means I'm going to be forced to slog through Andromeda at some point. That's risky business in my opinion. Uh, just because I don't know. Let me ask you something since fan traction is, is basically done. We get a little time to kill. Uh, and I, I want to, I want your opinion on this. What if we just left Mass Effect alone? Like, did the did the the collection, you know? But just no more games in Mass Effect. Let Bioware work on something new. Um, like, would that would that upset you? Or I <laughs> hear me out. I, the reason I ask and I want your opinion is because, like, like for me, I keep going back to this, and I'm like, I don't know that I want this franchise to do anything else, and I feel like. I feel like one of the biggest problems with Andromeda is they were trying to add to a franchise that was kind of perfect. And even though I loved Andromeda, I see that it was kind of like not what people wanted. But, like, I don't know. I I felt like I don't want to see any more Mass Effect games in a way. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't want any outrage on that. But what do you think? Like, what do you think? I know. I I actually kind of agree with you um, because – but – there's there's one little asterisk to that because if they had kept the game as the original trilogy as it was and ended it right there that would have been great wonderful fantastic um and then they went ahead and tried to make well they did make but andromeda right and andromeda got people hyped and ready to go for more mass effect i see what you're saying and it wasn't what people wanted but now people want more mass effect Mm. um the same kind of goes for um to to bring it to a different series that i've played through that i kind of got the same feel for was uh uncharted Mm. uncharted one through four it was a perfect succinct everything's done it's all wrapped up nice neat with a bow But then they did Lost Legacy. Now, I haven't finished Lost Legacy, and I didn't exactly hate it from what I've played. But it's, again, it's like, it's not what I want. But now that you mention Uncharted, you know, and actually, I think we can spin that around to be a question if anybody out there 
uh, feels like answering. Like, what would you want to have another game of in a series, or what would be just the worst thing ever if you made another game in the series? <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, in regards to uh, the Mass Effect thing, like, no, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, you know, what you're saying. If they would have left it at the the three games that's it and we get our collection that's coming out next year perfect i would be okay never seeing mass effect again or at least like 10 years later right. when you know it's a reboot basically right right yeah i don't know that i need any more mass effect the other thing is too uh you know i said it i kind of mentioned it in my horrible arena uh I feel personally like Mass Effect has a really is in, like the franchise as a whole was kind of meant to end and because of that it has a really hard time like there's only so many points you can jump onto that you know right especially with the way I'm not trying to spoil Mass Effect 3 for anybody but the way it ends kind of leaves it pretty hard to do a fourth one you know, uh, yeah. directly after it. And I, I feel like you can't really jump on after that fourth one. And that's kind of why they splintered to the Andromeda project because it's so far removed that you could have a lot of the same stuff while still not like messing with the continuity in any way, shape or form. But right. That one flubbed. Nobody really knows that one. So like, how are you going to do a sequel to that one? <laughs> you know yeah i mean that that is definitely risky business i mean they could do even more damage to the mass effect ip and honestly at that point you know if anthem hasn't tanked bioware at that point i think a second bad mass effect would be yeah. the end of bioware yeah i mean or a mass effect sequel for a game that like like how do you get that taste out of your mouth you know that's yeah that's that's the biggest thing when i heard it's supposed to be a sequel i kind of recoiled a little bit yeah exactly like especially the people who played andromeda didn't like it and put it away like i gotta go back yeah. and play that crappy game honestly if i was them and i was gonna do it off andromeda i would take andromeda's paltry like 20 hour normal storyline uh since games are so big right now and i would just redo it as the beginning of the next game and just be like, you never have to play that one again. It's all part of this one. And then just add a bunch to it, you know? True. Like that's how I that just retell the story and retell the story and, and just add it. Like I'd put it all in there so that it's in there and then you don't have to play it again. You know, from what I understand, they did that with uh, last of us part two. They uh, they took and just did like a highlight reel of what happened in The Last of Us, and then right. part two just kind of drops you in. Right, right. Uh, so that's pretty much bringing us to the end of the fan traction. But Neil, you uh, you maintain your five point lead. You're up again. Good job to you, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, so I do want to just ask a question this week because uh, there's something that I've realized that I miss, and you know. I guess it wasn't commonplace in anywhere but Mass Effect, but I want to know a small feature that you guys out there miss from a game or would like to see. Nothing big, but something small. I'm going to give you my example right now ahead of time, just to, just to give you guys an example. The, one of the best parts about Mass Effect, 
was they had all these codex entries, right? Which every game has codex entries now where you can read world building and stuff like that. You collect the log points or whatever. And yeah. then you get information about the world and whatever. Mass Effect had a guy who just read it to you. Yeah. Like when you'd scroll to it, you just had this dude would read you the entry. I miss that so much. Godfall has this like rich like codex. Uh, honestly... Me and Phil Billy kind of talk about it a little bit uh, in the upcoming episodes. Is that the story sucks, but that the world building's amazing. It's just why didn't they put that in the main story? Um, but I sat there and had to read it all, and I was just thinking to myself, man, I wish it was somebody just reading this to me. You know, I kind of miss that. I wish they'd had a person just reading codexes to me. So that's what I'm talking about, like a little feature that you miss or would want to see in games. Answer? Don't answer. It's up to you. Uh, but I think that's it for fan interaction. I don't think we have any more uh, any more comments. If you're ready to move on, sir. Yeah. No, I think we're good to go. All right. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to our first talking point, Neil. The 2020 game of the year awards the game awards have announced their nominations and it is an interesting group to be sure you want to chit chat about it sir absolutely what if i said no though and just like nah all right let's move to the next talking point i think the if no then we ever. should immediately sing a duet of a whole new world from aladdin uh just the whole song all the way through then move on to the next talking point if you guys want to hear those sultry, sultry <laughs> tunes, go ahead and support the channel. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. We will. The first time we ever get any money for this, I will one hundred percent make us sing that song. That it'll be the first, the next show we do, we will sing a whole new world together. You know, because you said that, somebody's gonna donate like. A dime, I, and we're gonna do it, Neil. I, I, it'll happen. They can't. I think the lowest they can donate on Anchor is like a dollar. Well, I'm sure somebody thinks that that's worth a dollar. Okay, <laughs> go to Anchor out there, donate a dollar. We'll sing a whole new world. You won't like what you get, but we'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so, game of the year. This is a big one. Let's start with the big one here. Um, Here's the nominees. Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Last of Us Part Two. So, uh, what do you think about that one? Uh, let's just go through them you know, one by one and give our thoughts on them. What do you think about the nominations here? You think anything big was snubbed? Uh, do you think any of these don't deserve to be there? Well, I mean... Uh, there's one glaring omission, but it's not by fault of anyone but CD Projekt Red. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Um, I mean, no. you can't you can't be game of the year if you're not a game. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, we all know that it would be there if it had hit its previous what three release dates. I'm, uh, I'm gonna say right now, if it had been there after the last release date then i would have been we would be having a very different conversation because i'd be calling out jeff Keeley for more corruption because their cutoff is very clearly the 13th they've said that every year so far so if that thing came out like 10 days after their cutoff i i would be pissed yeah no absolutely 
Um, in regards to what is been presented, I, 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 I'm not dumping on any of these games at all, but I think given the year that we've had and all of the postponements and delays and lopsided like releases throughout even stemming from the previous year i think nothing really here to me screams like this is the one because usually we have one like one that's like absolutely 100 percent. this thing's gonna sweep but i don't see anything here that's like gonna sweep i mean i played doom eternal final fantasy 7 remake and animal crossing new horizons and i enjoyed all of those yeah um hades is on my list of want to play for sure I, i'm actually the review for it due to my illness it's not coming out on monday but it'll be coming out tuesday since we don't have an on the hunt since that finished i'm gonna put it out on tuesday but i'm putting my review out of it and i gotta say hades is has every right to be in this category yeah it's, but it's absolutely the best roguelite I've ever played. But continue, finish your thought. Uh, but yeah, like I played all these games and enjoyed all these games, but none of them to me were like this is when I think about this past year. This this is the game that comes to mind. Right. Doom Eternal was very good. Final Fantasy VII Remake was very good. I will say I feel like Animal Crossing hit its stride because of when it came out and the state of the world. Not yeah. saying that it's a bad game, but I think its rise to popularity came from that. But I don't know. What what are you thinking of these nominees? Um, I don't hate these nominees. I Personally, I would have liked to see Watch Dogs Legion on here. Um, I actually think... I, I think it got snubbed a little bit because of the tongue-in-cheek way it presents itself. Um, but I, I feel like if you play that game, it's got a lot more impact than people would think it does. Um, I'm not upset by it not being on the list. I just, I would have liked to see it here. Uh, I did not play Doom Eternal. I did not play Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I did not play Ghost of Tsushima, although I very much want to. I did, I did play Hades, and I did play Animal Crossing. I did not play Last of Us Part Two. I do think that this is going to be very clearly between Animal Crossing and Last of Us Part Two, because just of what they are and what's listed here, you know? Uh, I yeah. Think, personally, I think Animal Crossing, I mean, it's one of the highest, it's the highest grossing Nintendo game of, like, almost all time, you know, for Switch. Right. Like, and yeah, it came out at the best possible time that it could come out, but still... It's got to get something for being exactly what people needed and wanted at the time that it came out, you know? True. Very um, true. And again, there's still some really awesome things the way they do that game. There is a games as service. I think every games as service should really look at them, uh, even if you're an action game. And the way they present themselves, it's like... Like, not not the story, but like the pacing of how they do things, I think is just... There's something to be said there. Uh, yeah. Last of Us Part Two. I have heard terrible things about that game, and I've heard awesome things about that game. And I can tell you right now, it's not my kind of game. It never will be. But I know just from the hype train that I feel like that one is going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Personally, I would like to see Hades win. Uh, just going back to what I was saying, 
before during your point, uh, Hades is absolutely the best roguelike that has ever been made, without a doubt, hands down. I I challenge anyone to put a roguelite in front of me that's better than that game. It does everything right. It has a cohesive story, even though I don't know how they do the story in that as well as they do. Um, it is way more than I expected it to be as far as just gameplay and quality, and I think I'm very glad to see it here. Um, uh, so, go ahead. Oh. No, I was just going to, uh, I was actually just going to ferry us along to, uh, the next category. Yeah. Um, I actually just thought, given the fact that your, uh, voice is the way it is, I'm going to try to uh, take (laughs) over more of the speaking. We can, we can uh, switch off. That would be fine with me. Um, so, uh, we don't have to go through all of these. There's one that really upset me kind of towards the bottom that I really want to talk about. Yeah, there's some of them. Yeah, there's some of them that, that we can skip over for sure. Um, so then the next category is going to be the best game direction. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part II. Um, so right off the top, there's one that I want to just cut right off of this list. <laughs> um, well, and it's for, it's for a reason I feel like that it shouldn't be cut off this list, but... Okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. So I understand that this category covers the direction in that how they f- they fit the story together, you know, how they f- cinematically film shots and cutscenes and like how the game plays out as a whole. I understand that's what they go for with this. Final Fantasy VII Remake given it has fallen prey to all the Square Enix Final Fantasy Kingdom Heartsiness in that it took forever to come out once it was announced. They had to restart it. They're making it episodic. Kind of, That's not really... That, that's like a thing, but that's just me bitching, honestly. <laughs> um, but, you know, given the fact that this game uh, did do all these good things in the game as a whole cinematically and direction wise but you pull the camera back so to speak and see everything that went on behind the scenes it makes that crap that went on behind the scenes <clears throat> that much worse right right um but that is just my own personal opinion in that regard uh but honestly out of all of these the two that I feel like deserve it most is from everything that I've heard about Last of Us Part Two and Ghosts of Tsushima, given the fact that, again, I've not played it, but how it pays homage to those old samurai flicks and that, that whole idea of those movies basically turning them into a game and a game that works out artistically in the way that it does i feel like it's definitely a front runner um i think you're right i think last of us and ghost of shishima are shoe-ins for favorites to win uh, personally i think that the two that should be in the contention is hades and half-life alex now one of my problems with a lot of these nominees is i didn't play a lot of these games but yeah uh the you know, the, the tagline for best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. 
So Ghost of Tsushima, I've seen enough on it to know that it's beautiful. It is a great homage to what it is. But, and this is a big but, and I'm not trying to like get on Ghost of Tsushima or anything. It is still them doing a thing that every game does in, you know what I mean, in like open world games while making it kind of feel like an old samurai movie. And I think that's awesome. I'm not saying anything bad about it. But Hades manages to tell an amazing storyline while being a randomly generated roguelike. And and I I've never like I've never experienced the level of storytelling in a roguelike like this before. Like every time you die and go back to the the Hades, the starting point, the Hades house, there is new lines of dialogue for every single character in there. And I have died over 20 times. <laughs> There's always somebody saying something new and 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 pushing the story forward and that to me is like the definition of innovation same with half-life alex i mean it's a vr telling a story like like it's a 10 out of 10 vr game there are no other 10 out of 10 vr games that vr is a struggling medium and somehow they made a game tell a story in vr that was so good you know what i mean yeah well honestly just uh, for innovation i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> Well, I mean, we kind of touched on those points, but uh, I think that's the perfect segue to move on to the next category sure. is the best narrative. Yeah. Uh, best narrative nominations, a lot of the same with the exception of one, and that's the first one. 13 Sentinels, Aegeus Rim. Yeah. I have no idea. I've never heard it of it before. I have uh, heard of it. It's on Switch, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Anything. But uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part II. Again, this focuses more so on the actual story, more so than how it's presented. Um, I I do personally, uh, to go back to everything that I just said about Final Fantasy VII Remake, the story I think was very interesting, given... uh, to be light and dance around the spoilers, it does some very interesting things, and it, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that moving right. forward right. Uh, because of the choices that it decides to make. Right. Um, and uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I also, again, I see The Last of Us Part Two uh, winning in this category as well. Um, Ghost of Tsushima... Hades from what you just told me too of Hades. I mean that's it's that's a solid it's a solid run in this category as well. I think it's a solid run. Uh again, it, again I haven't played a lot of these. However, if I was picking if I was picking best direction, I'd probably give it to Hades, but if I was p- picking best narrative, I'd probably give that to Ghost of Tsushima just from what I know of the games, you know. Um, yeah. So so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Though both do a great job of doing both of them you know yeah um i do want to if you're okay with me moving to the next category uh best art direction oh yeah absolutely um you know this one is one that i feel like a game got snubbed because it got lower reviews uh i think it's it's kind of it's a little bit criminal like i understand why they didn't put it on here but i think it's a little bit criminal that godfall got overlooked in this one i think if there's one thing that game does above all else it is the art and the design of 
Everything in that game is just glorious. The weapons, the armor, the locations. It's just such a beautiful game. I definitely think the art direction of that would be better than a Last of Us Part Two because Last of Us Part Two is is photorealistic. You know what I mean? Oh, right. And uh, what I find interesting too to bring up your point of you know the because it didn't review well. Remember, last year we had Death Stranding yeah. as one of the nominees for Game of the Year, and it got, what, a 7? Which is not bad. I don't even think it got a 7. I think it got lower uh, than that. But I, I do want to point out that we kind of all know why that got nominated, right? Well, yeah, and that's, that's an interesting... I, it just kind of lends credence to what exactly happened last year as well. Right, right. Like, I mean, if if the creator of Godfall was best friends with Jeff Keighley, he'd be nominated. It'd be nominated somewhere, you know. Right. Um, um, okay. Uh, we can we can move on to the next one if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Best score in music. Hands down. I don't give a shit. I don't care what anybody has to say. Doom Eternal. Okay. I, I haven't played Doom Eternal. I'm sure it's a really good soundtrack. I, I do it, think I do think just from playing Hades um everybody out there knows that we're about to do our own game awards as well we have a best soundtrack category i i nominated hades in that because that music is is really good as well again i haven't played doom eternal so i can't necessarily refute you you know um doom eternal mick gordon the stuff that he did he recruited a death metal choir (laughs) to do some of the music in this game but what I'm, what's really, really interesting about that situation, if Doom Eternal wins for for the best score in music, I, it's such a weird situation because the falling out between Mick Gordon and everything that happened over at Bethesda. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for those who don't know, uh, Basically, there was there were issues between the two of them, and uh, Bethesda went ahead and just mastered their own versions of the tracks and made them less dynamic and essentially muted, doing a complete and total disservice to the work that Mick Gordon did and all the work and effort he put into it. And that rift started, and it only spiraled from there to the point that he did not do the work for uh, the DLCs for uh, Doom Eternal. And right. honestly, I had played a little bit of the DLC, the uh, the, the Ancient ancient Gods, uh, I think it was called. Um, I haven't got through it, but the, you can tell the difference in the music, that really? it's not him. Yeah, you can tell that it's somebody else doing it. And again, it does follow that same, it's not as dynamic, it doesn't hit as hard. I mean, again, I'm like a metalhead to some degree. So, I mean, that's my kind of music as it is. But what happens if Mick Gordon wins for Doom Eternal? Does Bethesda turn <laughs> around and be like, mm, well, that's ours? Yeah. Or like, is it yeah. one of those? I don't know if this is a category where the person themselves gets it. Because remember, Kojima won uh, for Metal Gear Solid, I think it was a couple years ago. Yeah. And. 
Konami straight up blocked him from accepting the award. Yeah. So I'll I'll be interested. That's actually going to be one of the most watched categories for me whenever we do these whenever these game awards. You know, and happen. hopefully they do it on stage. That was my biggest complaint about the game awards last year was they didn't do enough uh, actual awards on stage, and it yeah. was just all like stupid bullshit. Trailers. Uh, just to you you went right into your winner, and so did I. But just to let everybody know, the actual nominees are Doom Eternal, oh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori, and The Will of the Wisps, and Last of Us Part Two again. Um, so moving on, I'm just gonna these ones unless you had something to well this next one unless you had something to add to it I'm just gonna read the the nominees for people. Uh, no, best I audio mean, design. I, yeah, I'm I'm just to jump in. I mean. Again, with Doom Eternal, I think this one has a real shot, too, right. because the the game is very visceral, mm. and they do a good job at pinpointing those crunchy, gushy sounds. It's the only, <laughs> the only way I can describe it, outside of like the guns and environmental stuff. They well, do a very, very good job with that audio design, I think. Well, um, that'll be interesting. I know Ghost of Tsushima had some great audio in it, but I... Again, these are five games I, I haven't played, so I, I can't really weigh in, but it's Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Resident Evil 3, and then Last of Us Part 2 again. Um, then we go to Best Performance. Uh, and I want to read these off because I actually have a couple of problems with this. Um, okay. So, Best Performance, we have Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us Part 2. Then we have Laura Bailey as Abby, uh, from also from The Last of Us Part 2. We have Daisuke Shuji as Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. Then we have Logan Cunningham as Hades, which is from Hades. Then we have uh, Naji Jeter as Miles Morales from Mar Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Okay, so I do just want to point out, I understand why they didn't do it again, but... Marvel's Avengers had some great performances in it. It was one of the only good things about that game was some of the best voice acting this year. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a snub to not have one of them in there, especially Troy Baker, who voices the Hulk and Bruce Banner, absolutely knocked that out of the park. Uh, he made such an interesting performance. It really kept me going in that story longer than I would have wanted to, you know? Um, yeah. Then the other oh. thing I just want to point sorry man just one no, other go thing ahead, go ahead you. go ahead uh, roll with it the other thing I wanted to point out is uh, while Logan Cunningham as Hades does an amazing job uh, Darren Korb the voice of Zagreus who you actually play in that game uh, just is so much better <laughs> like he's amazing in that game and I don't know why they nominated a supporting role from that game instead of very clearly the star which was which was the Zagreus voice so. Uh, those are my my two myths with this one. Again, I'm not upset about it. I just want to point them out. Your your call now. Yeah, I actually have uh, uh, another sort of uh, uh, myth, I guess, okay. to use your term of phrase. Yeah. Um. So I'm not discrediting anyone's uh, performance as any one individual in any game, uh, but I feel like these nominations unless it's hyper specific i feel like there should only be allowed to be one single nomination 
for an individual game because you have two different actors for Last of Us Part 2. Again, I don't know. I have not played the game. Maybe these are like Emmy-winning performances right. by these individuals. Right. But I feel like there could be, you know, somebody else along the lines, you know, somewhere along the way that could have put up a good enough, you know, a, a good enough performance right. to take that other spot. Right. Again, not that these two did bad by any means. I'm sure given the fact that there's two nominated from the same game that they're great, but I don't think it's necessarily fair to other games, especially when these awards typically run the same four or five games in every single category as it is. You know, what's really weird too is, Okay, have two, but extend it to six. You know, you, your Game of the Year nominees, you have six Game of the Year nominees, and every other category only has five. I don't understand that. Like, why isn't that universalized, you know? Right. So, like, just add another nominee. I don't understand why you would let two people from one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I guess I'm with you. It's just, I was just saying another pot. Like, why are we only at five nominees? To add another sixth one, you know? Right. Um. Okay, so... uh. I don't really have a lot to say for uh, games' impact, so I'm just going to read them off if that's okay with you. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Games' impact nominees were If Found by Dreamfeel, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, uh, Spirit Fair, which I have played in, is an amazing game, uh, Tell Me Why, and then Through the Darkest of Times. I don't, uh, I'm sure they're all good. Uh, Spirit Fair. Obviously, we've been my pick because I've played it, but you know I haven't really given a, a lot of choice to the other one. Uh, then we move to Best Ongoing, which I do have just one little thing to say about it. Um, and the Best Ongoing, we have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, which has been nominated every year for the last frickin' seven years, and then No Man's Sky. And I want to say... Way to go, No Man's Sky, for another nomination. Do you remember how bad that game was when it came out? And to be nominated oh, yeah. for Best Ongoing, three years running? Uh, you know, all of these games should get, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, and I don't necessarily think Fortnite should be on there anymore. I feel like this year was probably the worst for Fortnite, especially with everything going on with them behind the scenes. Absolutely. I feel, I feel like we could have put a different one in that spot. Um. Did you have anything to add to that, or you want me to move on? Yeah, no. Uh, I was actually going to say, in some of these other categories, I mean, we can briefly touch on them, but I really don't have much to say well, and that's about the rest out. of the categories. I was just going to read them out for people, because I, I know a lot of our listeners just get the news from us, so I was just going to read them out for people. There's yeah. one more big thing that I have to talk about, but when we get to it, we'll talk about it. So okay. Best Indie, we have Carrion, which... It's a good game. It doesn't deserve to be on this list, though. Sorry, Carrion. That could have been replaced with something else. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which definitely is just a huge impact. Hades, that's probably going to win it. Spelunky 2, and then Spirit Fair. All of these are good choices other than Carrion. It is a good game, I just don't think. I think there's other indie game. I mean, it's only two hours of play. Uh, I, think, I think there's other games that could have been better in that spot. But moving on, best mobile game. Among Us, then we have Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, Legends of Runeterra, Pokemon Cafe Mix. Just as a person who has played both Legends of Runeterra and Among Us and knows about the 
you know, what's going on with Genshin Impact. Um, this is a really, really competitive category. I know a lot of hardcore gamers don't necessarily care about mobile that much, but Legends of Runeterra is, I have personally said, is the best CCG, digi digital CCG ever made. Uh, Among Us is a cultural phenomenon, and Genshin Impact is right there with it. So this is a very interesting category. I'm going to be watching it just to see who wins. Uh, best Community Support, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. Uh, best VR AR, we got uh, Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Innovation in, in, uh, innovation in Accessibility, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I am wondering what they did that was so made so much accessibility which is weird to me but yeah uh because like what do they have that's like like i'm not saying they don't i just don't know what they did that's so accessible uh grounded hyper dot last of us part two and watchdogs legion which again i, I don't know what watchdog i know what grounded has that's the arachnid the arachnophobia slider but i don't know what these other ones did well last of us uh i will say i i heard about what a last what the last of us has done for accessibility they have a lot of different uh, different sort of accessibility options there's like colorblind mode right, right. Uh, there's uh, audio cues and everything and they actually have a mode in the game to where you can play it blind oh um, that's no cool. yeah no visual comes up at all it's all audio cues and controller vibration. It basically kind of sets you on a path to where you like walk straight and it kind of does like a like a tracking sort of deal. So oh, it kind of cool. keeps you on critical path. And then from there, there's like vibrations that kind of let you know if there's something in the area that you can look for and get. That's really cool. That's really cool. Then we got Best Action, Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, Streets of Rage 4. The only one it got nominated for, and it should win. Love that game. Give that thing an award. Uh, you can also watch me and Neil play it in the first season of Streets of Retro. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Memories. Yes. Best Action slash Adventure. I don't understand why that's two categories. Yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Sp Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. Forgot that even came out this year. The yeah, Last of same. Us Part 2. Best Role-Playing Game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona's Ro Persona 5 Royale, Wasteland 3, thank you, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Wasteland 3, I'm I'm saying this right now. It's a ten out of ten. It, it should have been nominated in more places, but we're gonna get into that in a second. Best fighting: Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man: A Hero Nobody Knows, and then Under Night In Birth <laughs> Latte CLR. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, uh, you're a fighting game guy. Does any of this do it for you? So. Um, I don't necessarily feel like Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate or Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition uh, should have a spot on this list. 
Okay. Strictly because they are basically, hey, this is the game that came out already, but it has the DLC characters. Okay. Maybe they needed to jam it, like grab two games that were in the same category to turn it all into a category. But like the Street Fighter V Champion Edition, there's Street Fighter V, there's Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, and now the Champion Edition. Literally, it just packs in some of the DLC fighters oh, with that's it. Annoying. That's it. Okay. And the same goes for Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. There's n any sort of rebalancing that has been done is something that's by way of an update. It's not something that's features that are exclusive to that version of the game. Interesting. There is a free-to-play fighting game on Switch called Fantasy Strike that I feel like should have been on this list as well. Um... Okay, so Best Family, Animal Crossing New Horizons, definitely going to be the one that wins that. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's all t about time. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, not really a family game, guys. Uh, nah. Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit. I don't really think of that as a game, so that's kind of weird for me, but okay. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, I get it. Uh, Paper Mario, The Origami King. Uh, that... Unless you have something to say about that, that's going to bring us to the, 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 the category that I'm most mad about. I'm interested to see about this rage category of yours. Okay. All right, so we've got another category, okay? And this category is best sim slash strategy, which are two genres that have no business being in together. And the nominees for this are Crusader Kings 3, strategy game, Desperados 3, strategy game, Gears Tactics, strategy game, XCOM Chimera Squad, strategy game, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. One of these things does not belong. One of these things <laughs> is not like the other one. This category is very clearly just made to give Microsoft Flight Simulator an award, and it's annoying. First of all, if we look back... In previous years, I highly doubt we're going to find sim slash strategy. We're going to find best strategy, and it's going to be all strategy games. It was like, we need to give this game an award somewhere. Where do we jam it in so that we can make it work? So let's put a slash on strategy. Let's snub the best strategy game that came out this year, and that is Wasteland 3. And I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Uh, for Microsoft Flight Simulator, it... This is shameful, and I know they put my Wasteland 3 in best RPG. That's fine, but it's a strategy game. It should be here. The only one it should potentially lose to is Crusader Kings 3 because that one's a 10 out of 10. I haven't played it, but I know that the world loves that game. But still, it should be losing to strategy games in the strategy category. It shouldn't be not in the strategy category so that we can have a jet simulator in there. It's it's abhorrent. I don't like this. It's my biggest problem with the nominees list and the biggest issue I have. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's really weird that they did just kind of throw that in there because, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know this is a topic it, that most people aren't even going to give two shits about. Yeah, it, I it's mean, probably I'm kind of award that gets announced on the side by Jeff Keeley while you're waiting for a musical guest to play, but like, yeah, it still just irritates me, you know? Yeah, no, I'm of the camp of like there. There are some categories that I follow closely. There are other categories that I could care less. This is one of those, but I do see that it's one of the. It's very odd 
that it is sim slash strategy because those are two pretty different right pretty different types right. of games especially when you look at the games that are you know on this list i would have put it in sports racing before i put it in strategy like it's yeah, it blows my mind, and I think it's I think it's annoying to me that they just needed to give that game an award and they couldn't find a place for it, so they just kind of like jammed it in there. It's it's very frustrating to me. Um, and I, like I said, I know it's an award that's going to be given out while we're waiting for a musical guest to play, but still, the whole point of the game awards, in a lot of ways, is to legitimize our industry as art instead of industry. You know, and until like until you get that shit right you know like universalize the categories first and foremost you know maybe add some every year but don't change them you know right to suit your needs then it makes it look like it's just i don't know anyway moving on best sports racing dirt 5 uh f1 2020 fifa 2021 nba 2k 2021 uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. All right. The only problem I have with this is NBA 2, 2K21 uh, being on here because of what they did to buyers. That should have X'd them right off the bat. Eh, I mean, sports is sports. Their business decision is ridiculous. I'll agree. I, I don't know. I feel everything like everything off, but. I feel like if you're going to leave some people off the list for other shit that's happened, and we know they have, like that should have been factored in. Um, and finally, best multiplayer, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. Um, Valorant probably wins that one. Uh, nonetheless, uh, those are your nominees. Do we have anything else to add since this segment has gone super long? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, guys. So since that first talking point was really long, we're going to uh, actually just move on to odds and ends. Uh, and odds and ends, if you are wondering, is where we like to collect little news stories. Don't necessarily deserve a full talking point, um, but we want to discuss them with you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Neil, do you want to start, or you want me to? Sure, uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, the first one is me literally just gushing about a cult game that I played back in 2008 that might be getting a sequel. Um, apparently, on the official World Ends With You site, if you know anything about the game, there is a countdown timer that started almost seven days ago. And we are thinking that it's going to be an announcement of a sequel. Really? Uh, yes. So I'm hyper excited about it because it was one of those... I, I've said before that I very rarely jump onto new IP. This is one of those that I jumped on and I was so about... It's a very good game. Very good game what, made by Square Enix. ends with um, you? The world ends with you. Um, so the story behind it, it's it's interesting. Um, can, you, so can you give me the synopsis? Cliff notes. In yeah, like I'll give less you than like five sentences. Oh yeah, that's easy. Um, we're at fifty so, minutes. So, <laughs> so um, you play as a character who has died and is it has been put into a post-death game. 
competing against other people to come back to life Ooh. as a ghost in Japan. Um, there's combat in it that is affected by the clothes that you wear and how popular the stuff you have is in each of the districts in Japan. <laughs> very, it sounds ridiculous, it sounds but it is very interesting. And it's got a, it, it's deceptively long too, because it, every single like game quote unquote lasts a week, but wow. you play through three weeks in the game. So it's, it's, really good i recommend it to anybody who's looking for something interesting they Where actually just did you can well originally you could only get it on the ds but they have since ported it over to uh phones and they actually did a final mix version for the nintendo switch as well nice nice well maybe when i'm done with hades i'll check that one out very good very good game okay uh so my first one is the one i am most excited for um Anybody who knows me knows that there is a franchise that I absolutely, it, it is at the heart. I love it so much. I will always love it. I'll be first in line to buy the tickets for it. They haven't had a good game in a long time, and they finally gave this game to a developer that is going to knock it out of the park. Uh, IO, the makers of Hitman, just announced their next project is Project 007. We're getting a James Bond game from the people who made Hitman. I cannot be more excited, Neil. Can't be more yeah. excited. About I this. I saw I saw that. I'm I'm interested to see because they again like Hitman. That formula is perfect yeah. for 007. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really cool. I think what they need to do is they need to ease up on the severity of getting caught and stuff you know uh, yeah like the severity of failing to do the thing that you're supposed to do and kind of crank up the action a little bit but i think man that is just the perfect developer to have it well you know what they actually made a sequel uh or they made a 007 game golden eye uh well it was a sequel to golden eye on the nintendo 64 golden eye rogue agent for mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. PS2, yeah. Xbox, and I think it was on GameCube also. Yeah, I have that bad. down. I no, I loved it. Well, I mean, objectively, you like Rogue it was, Agent. Oh, yeah, I mean, objectively, objectively, it, it was a bad game. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that game. I enjoyed that game very much. It was actually one of my very first first-person shooter games that I played. Oh, really? And yeah, and um, I feel like if they kind of do something like that, but third-person and yeah. good, then maybe we have something there guys guys out there don't make a golden eye io don't make a golden eye golden eye worked. <laughs> it was a flash in the pan i'm gonna tell you right now if you make golden eye today it would not work because it's not james bond it just that game kind of like just within the right place at the right time but a, a true spy game's gotta be third person um <clears throat> so uh we actually had made the joke uh last week uh what you know what are they giving a stadio away with now uh well we have an update on that <laughs> turns out nobody's gonna laugh his ass off turns out cyberpunk 2077 uh <laughs> is gonna come with free stadia premiere bundle <laughs> now i don't know which versions i think you actually uh, might be able to buy the game on stadia and get the stadia premiere to play it on for free which is the most back ass so way good. of doing it but 
yeah, uh, we continue to have uh, Stadia just given away for free. I actually want to make this a reoccurring segment and like next week find out where they're giving Stadia away for free next. <laughs> just, just collect all the places you can get Stadia for free. That's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. Uh, well, my next one. Uh, guys, look out because it looks like we're definitely – that Cyberpunk is actually going to come out on the 10th. And the reason Whoa, no. for this, because cyberpunk is in the wild. Uh, what what does that mean for the people in layman's term? It basically means that even though the game has not been released, there are copies of it circling around uh, in the world. Uh, so probably um, people have stolen them from warehouses <laughs> or uh, got promotional advanced copies, you know, stuff like that. So look out for spoilers, as usual, but upside we might actually get cyberpunk 2077 on the 10th as promised yeah honestly at this point i feel like it would do so much more harm to them if they tried to delay it or push it back even like one more week i feel like they should just be like look this is the state it's gonna be in we told you we delayed it this is how it's gonna be it's gonna be fixed if they can do it with live service games they can do it with this you know, there's got to be a point where you say it is what it is, you know, and yeah. just release it. And they lost 25% of their of their stock share prices last time they delayed. If they delay again, it's going to be catastrophic for the company. So I, you have to just put it out and hope it scores good. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to score good because nobody, everybody's going to be scared to score against it. I mean, the only person who's going to hate it is like Jim Sterling. Like that. that's just the way it's going to be, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think even he's going to enjoy it. I don't know. I feel like Jim, uh, and I, I'm not knocking Jim. He is, he, he does great videos. He's a hard worker, uh, as far as the industry goes, but I feel like Jim, it would be very hard to convince Jim that a triple A game is good. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like he's I, kind of predestined to hate true. That's my only problem with him is I don't think he could, he, I think he would find a way to hate every AAA game that's ever come out if he could. Well, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that he does is negative anyways. Yeah. And he yeah. actually bitches when he does something that's positive and people don't like it. Right. I'm, I'm biased, though, because like I'm subscribed to, to his podcast and I watch every single Monday. I watch his video. So, like... I, I am biased because I am definitely a fan of his work. Oh, no, so. that's fine. Like I said, I'm not knocking the dude. The, he's fine. I just I feel like he has a real uh, real ingrained hatred for big AAA companies and games. Well, I mean, that's, that's the company bullshit more than anything. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And they always come out with bugs. I'm not arguing that, but I don't think it's possible in our day and age for games to not come out with bugs just with the size of them. But right. I don't want to get in the weeds about a Jim Sterling conversation. Just still, I think it will be interesting to see. Like, I think everybody's going to love it regardless of what happens because they're supposed to, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, my next one, uh, so this is, the only reason I put this on here is because it's almost a joke that I'm following this game at this point. Yeah. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Oh, Uh, God. (laughs) I know. It was this vampire game that I was interested in, and I think I started 
talking about it like a year ago at this point. Um, but it lost, it's lost two creative directors now. One kind of recently, if I recall correctly, like August or... or yeah, July. something along those lines. It has a release date. They has, do have a they do have a release date. I I am so confused by this because uh and and they never announced it. There was no formal announcement. But if you go on Epic Game Store right now, it has a release date of December thirty first, and you can pre order. Oh, that I think that's just a placeholder. They do that a lot with I mean, the very end of the year. It, like if you well, can pre order it, that's messed up. Like that's yeah, messed that's. Up. That's what it is. It's it's a placeholder uh, date so that people can pre-order it. Yeah. So that's a way to make it available for pre-order when they have said zero else aside it from it. It is messed up. Yeah. It is yeah. messed up. That There's no way that game comes out in 31 days. There's oh, it no won't. way. Yeah, no. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. I think that's the most weird and ridiculous. That game has been going through the most weird and ridiculous things that I've ever seen. Um, so I have, uh, I've got my last two. Okay. Um, I got only Jim... one more. Oh, okay. Oh, the, yeah. You said you had, you had four. Yeah. Well, I'll do one. I'll do one more here and then I'll let you get your last one in there. Yeah. Um, quick, yeah. So, uh, Jim Ryan of Sony has said that, uh, quote, generation defining games won't come until 2022 to the PlayStation five. Alluding to the fact that true next-gen for PS5 will not happen until then, pretty much flying in the face of their messaging up until this point. Um, I mean, again, uh, when they kind of started to... When we saw that shift, uh, whenever they had said, you know, announce Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Forbidden West, and then kind of had that little underline of, oh yeah, actually, you can play it on PlayStation 4 also... I mean, I understand that they're probably doing this to some degree to kind of shore up the time between when they can get PS5s available on a regular basis. Right. But 2022 seems, yeah, it, it's it kind of ski it not skis me out, but it kind of like it, it rubs me the wrong it way. Totally should. I can I just say yeah. right now, why are these systems out then? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like, like it, we're early anyway, it's seven years. Why didn't you just make it a 10-year system and bring it out when you had the games for it? Yeah, and now, like, there's... The, again, we have Miles Morales, which is made for the PS5, but scaled down for the PS4. They are already said that they're doing that with Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Right. And they have not directly said anything at all and have actually dodged questions on the next god of war game presumably called ragnarok because it hasn't been officially announced but you know the game and everything that happens whatnot right um but i mean again it's i'm not upset that i got my ps5 i'm glad i got my ps5 it's great i love it um i i just the 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 rush the initial rush to why i ran out to get it in the first place because of their messaging because like i would have had no qualms just holding off until they you know became available and i didn't have to like some of these other people out here have to have five computers with six tabs open waiting for walmart to unload their their orders at 3 p.m in the middle of the day to hope to maybe get one or two of these new consoles be it sony's or microsoft's right 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've said it before. I, I don't know if it's because I switched to PC. I don't know if it's because I'm more involved in the industry than I was before. But this console generation showing has been absolutely the biggest disappointment of any console generation for me. I, I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't excited even about these. Like, like even before I was going to get a PC, like, they just... Like, I remember when 360 uh, and, and PlayStation 3 were coming out, like... I was legitimately having anxiety about which one I was going to play, which one I was going to yeah. buy. You know, I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. Same with one and four. I was like, wow, even with all the crap that went on with Xbox, it was like, man, I can't wait to get into that ecosystem. You know, um, I, I could care less. I like, and it's, it's, I don't know. It just, everything that's come out, it's been like with a caveat, you know? I, yeah, I just feel like both companies could have just waited, made their the systems that we have now ten year systems, and we would have been happier. That they would have been able to have more bugs worked out. They would have had been able to have the hardware at a better place, uh, f you know, financially. Like I don't know. I just feel like this has been a botched console generation on both sides. You know, especially yeah. since they had the excuse of COVID to put it off. You know, that's true. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like 2021 or even 2022 would have been a better release time for these generational uh, generational jumps. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, for sure. My uh, my last one, Mario three breaks the record of the most expensive video game ever. Uh, sealed in box copy went for one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars on eBay. Yeah, I and it's worth noting too. Uh, it was, it was actually appraised and everything as well. It was sealed in the 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 little plastic seal and given an appraisal rating. Because when I first heard this story, I was like, I was thinking just like some schmuck had it in his basement and he just never opened it. It was like, oh, I'll sell this on eBay right. and like got you know all this money. But like, it's an actual like collector's collector edition right basically right. yeah it's pretty cool um, yeah uh all right so your last one um yeah uh tim sweeney of epic uh, needs to shut his mouth a lot very much so uh he likened his fight uh with epic and apple uh to the civil rights movement and uh oh man yeah dude, what are you doing and when confronted about it doubled down so yeah uh i don't i don't think that this whole spat is going to ruin epic per se but i mean maybe at the end of it he loses his job because i feel right. like i feel like even even like disregarding his comments starting a fight for fight's sake uh i, I don't know which yeah. is basically the information's come out that that's what this whole lawsuit is and now everyone and their mother's been dragged into it and like judges are threatening ramifications from the judgments that comes through on it for multiple in industries for years to come so i mean it's just bad times all around yeah yeah um yeah. So, uh, and one last little PSA 
that's it. We can move on. Um, it is Black Friday week. Now, I'm not telling anybody to run out and go to stores. <laughs> and uh, that's 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 a bad place to be. I mean, truthfully, there's some people who aren't even doing things for Thanksgiving at all in general uh, because of the state of the world. But if you are looking for some good gaming deals, be it on console or PC, um, definitely check your ads, check online. I sure have been. I've mentioned that I'm doing a PC build now. Uh, I've been slowly collecting more parts and pieces and maybe doing some more of that later in the week as well, depending on what Newegg has to show me. But yeah, just a little PSA. If you guys are in the market for someone or even yourself, go ahead online and peruse ads. Uh, you know, I tell you right now, Ubisoft has an amazing deal going on. I think you can get like Watch Dogs Legion for nearly 50% off. So, And that game just oh, came wow. out in October. So yeah, I, I would... I second that on Neil. Like, take a look. There's honestly, there's nothing out there that I want to buy right now, other than Cyberpunk, and I don't even know that I want to buy that right now. Uh, more like obligation at this point. But, right. Um, but yeah, there's some great deals going on. All right. So uh, I think that covers odds and ends. You want to move on to the horrible arena? Absolutely. All right. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, that brings us to the main event, the moment you've all been waiting for, the horrible arena. What does that mean if you've never watched or listened? Well, first of all, you should watch and listen more. Second of all, it means that the two co-hosts are about to pitch you a game based on pre-existing criteria either decided by them taking turns or by the guest we had previously. Last week we had Philbilly330 on, and he asked us to come at a franchise from a different direction. So... That's the game we're going to pitch tonight. Now, the quantum coin has been tossed, so what's going to happen is Neil's going to pitch you developer, title, and what the game is. Then I'm going to do the same, and you guys get to decide who wins. So, Neil, take it away. My project this week is going to be Project Hold, and it's going to be done by Bethesda. Now, Bethesda is known for one of their main franchises, and that is the Elder Scrolls series. The Elder Scrolls series, you go through to these different areas all through Tamriel. Uh, of course, Skyrim is the most prevalent one and the most recent one. Uh, but it's always been an action-adventure sort of thing uh, based around exploration. But the... Towns themselves are always interesting. The different holds within the, the the region of Skyrim. Project Hold will have you throughout all of Tamriel do a uh, like an RTS style of setting up a different. Damn it! It's starting to fall apart in my brain. I didn't type out, so I, <laughs> I it just fell apart right there. Um, it's going to be a, a top-down, isometric uh, sort of Tim game to where you start out in one little region and you make yourself one hold of just like a tiny town with maybe 100 people. And from there, you can build your town out. But you can also have these people within your town venture out into different parts of Tamriel and set up these different other holds and then from there you can have 
these inner workings between like different holds trading with each other, forming alliances. But there will be some elements that are not controlled by you, such as rogue agents within those holds that may seek to overthrow the government within that hold. So then you might actually lose control of that hold. So at that point, if you were to lose control of the hold, you would then have to use your other holds to take it back, whereas the one that was lost would go then and build its own, basically, warring faction. You can still incorporate all the fantastical elements of the Elder Scrolls games, dragons, um, all the different races, like the Falmer, uh, the, the elves, humans, of course, and then Nords and Redguard, any of the other various races throughout the game. Uh, and the whole game would be basically just building out your little civilization. And in fact, you could even take your hold online and pit it against other people. I'm sorry, your version of Tamriel, basically. And pit it against other people's version of Tamriel. Something like uh, StarCraft, basically. Um, so, that is my pitch. Project Hold. I like it. I like the different look on Tamriel. I think uh, Bethesda needs a different way to look at uh, Elder Scrolls stuff. So, I, I like it. Yeah, I dig it, man. Alright, so time for mine, right? Yes. Alright, here we go. Mine will be developed by Monolith Studios. And it will be Project Excelsior. Now, my license will be superheroes. And I'm going to take it, uh, Marvel superheroes specifically. So, it's going to be kind of a games as service light. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to make it you know, you always play the characters in Marvel, and uh, I don't want that. I want you to be able to create your character from start to scratch. Now, how this game will work is you'll create your superhero, uh, you'll get powers from whatever, and then you'll create your origin and everything, and then you'll enter one of the boroughs of New York City, uh, and that'll be the borough you start in. Uh, so you'll start small time, kind of like Daredevil or Spider-Man. Now, why did I pick Monolith? Monolith has the nemesis system, and that will be incorporated into this game for both heroes and villains. That's right, you can eventually play a villain. How does that work? Well, you have a morality system. Your character can slowly start to spin to the dark side, and you can actually become a villain and start fighting the heroes. The nemesis system is great. Anybody who's played the Lord of the Ring games know that like you can make these mortal enemies that keep showing up and you have to keep defeating them over and over again. Work this way the same way. Only we all know that no one ever stays dead in comics and nobody ever stays in prison. So this game has this just ongoing story narrative. Um, each superhero, supervillain, whatever would show up and you just have this list of like four or five step uh, narratives that would interact with your character. How is this a games of service? Well, uh, obviously you would be bringing in new superheroes that you can add to your city, new villains that you can add to your city. Uh, your city is kind of your own. What's interesting, though, is your friends who play this game, you can have them enter your city. Are they a hero? Then you've got to fight them. If they're a villain, 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry. If they're with, oh, I'm sorry. If they're a hero and you're a villain, you've got to fight them. If you're both heroes, you can work together. But what's really dynamic about this is once a hero has entered your game, uh, excuse me, the game remembers how that player plays that hero or villain, and then that character is a part of your city. So you actually get to kind of change how the city is based on yourself playing it. So it's just kind of this perpetual generator generator of story and content for yourself uh, just over and over again fighting new villains fighting heroes eventually the game will start making up procedurally generated villains procedurally generated heroes unique to you um, and you can just keep playing it forever as your superhero and that's something that i think anybody who ever played marvel's avengers or a marvel game would just want to see is you just want to be in that world not necessarily as another person now what's really cool about this also is in the actual storyline of marvel you can actually join ranks like let's say you're a mutant there's a way for you to join the x-men uh you could get yourself high enough to actually join the avengers there'll be a storyline for that same with the villains. You can join the bad guy villains, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You know, you can get into that. Um, you can get into other evil organizations, you know. Uh, so you can actually kind of change how your character moves through the Marvel Universe. And it'll really let you experience and explore the Marvel Universe with your friends at infinitum until you want to play something else. So that's my project, Project Excelsior. Uh, it's taking on Project Hold, and you guys get to decide which you'd spend your hard-earned money on. Would it be Project Excelsior or Project Hold? Uh, you can vote in all the places we're about to talk about in just a second. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. Neil, you got anything special you want to plug this week? Uh, well, outside of the usual Halo Infinite Road, uh, which last week saw my rage boil over and uh, overtake me in lag. Um, it was a lot of fun, I, though. Yeah, uh, well, the problem's been fixed because I'm now running an Ethernet cable throughout my house, so that's fun. Uh, but anyways, I did just want to give a little teeny tiny brief update on uh, the next terrible talk that I'm doing. Uh, two things with that. One, it is uh, kind of ambitious if I'm able to pull it off and do what I want to do. Uh, but... Uh, Due to that, and given my own personal schedule, given I'm going into finals week or finals two weeks as my schedules run, I'm not really going to be able to start putting that together until about mid-December. Mm. So, unfortunately, uh, due to those constraints, but once I finish out school for the semester... I will probably be able to uh, get mine up, ready to go pretty quick, and uh, possibly get the next one loaded and ready to go. So uh, it'll be ready uh, sooner, hopefully. Well, but yeah. That's awesome. I w I'm going to have one more that I've been trying to make forever on exclusivity uh, that will nowhere near be as cool as Neil's is, as usual. But <laughs> it'll just basically be me ranting about something for a while. Uh, sometime soon. Um, I, man, 
the other thing I want to plug is uh, it's it's getting time for a horrible game awards. Our own game awards show. Uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, at some point in December, we're going to have that. We're not exactly sure the exact podcast date that it's going to be yet when we do have it we'll let you know but i can just let you know that the committee for selecting the awards has been chosen and we have begun the nomination process so very excited to give out these awards no one cares about but us um now when uh when is that cutoff date there zach uh the cutoff date to nominate uh for both the committee and the people like even if you're not in the committee feel free to just throw stuff out in the in the lounge chat we would appreciate it and we will consider it but the cutoff date for nominations will be november 30th uh so once that is cut off we will move it'll take me about a day to put together the actual list of nominations from everybody's nominations and then once we put that together uh the voting will last about a week so there you go yeah um, so with that said, uh, I, I don't think there's that much to plug left. Uh, oh, wait, be- next week's horrible arena. Next week's. Oh man. Next week's catch. horrible arena. Good. I catch. just caught it in the middle of the Ooh. thing. All right. Even well, before it, I've almost failed. I'm we sorry, even guys. talked I'm about in. it between. No, it's fine. It's just a, I'm going to throw it out there real quick. Now this one, we are going to ha- have to bend the rules a tiny bit. Okay. Just a tiny bit. Uh, next week, the horrible arena is new entry in a dead franchise. Interesting. Why is that so, bending the rules? Because, because of the nature of it being a dead franchise, in some instances, that is a developer that no longer exists. Oh, so if you decide to have that same studio do the new entry in the dead franchise then we'll go ahead and do that. And I think to I, I think to so we can set what the cutoff is for a dead franchise. They have to have explicitly said that there are going to be no more entries in the series or it has been at least 5 years since there has been an entry in the series. Okay. So there potentially could be something that's not dead per se. All right. But is perceived as being done okay all right i promise you i'm not going to use a uh, developer that's not around though even if it's a developer that developed it and died i'm going to use a new developer honestly i already know the one that i'm going to pitch and it's going to be one of those from the heart i don't know i i don't even know if anybody even remembers this one that i'm going to (laughs) do but damn it i'm going to do it and i want to do it just because i want to talk about that game because i forgot how good it was okay well that's awesome that's awesome uh all right so with that out of the way guys you can reach us on facebook at old man gaming dh on twitter at old man gaming nine you can join our discord the link will be in the description below uh, you can like us, share us, subscribe us. One final plug, check out Godfall 330. Our first actual Let's Play episodes will be going up this week on Friday. Uh, so, yeah, uh, until then, we'll see you guys next week.